First Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you again for this day, Lord, and the opportunity, Lord, to preach your word. I just ask, Lord, for your strength this morning, Lord, to uh, be able to preach this in a way, Lord, that, that you have given this message to me, Lord. And I just ask, Lord, you open the hearts of the people to receive this message. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Now, I've been talking about crisis. Maybe that's why I've been dealing with all this gunk. <laughs> is because it, uh, we all have crisis. And I think that maybe right now people are going through more crisis times than they have before. I don't know, but this should, unless the Lord leads me again to talk any more about it, about crisis. And we need to keep Christ in our crisis. You know, first time I preached how to survive a crisis. And then what you can do in a crisis. What you do when you're there. And this one is don't forget to keep Christ in your crisis because that's the most important thing. If we keep Christ in our crises that we face, no matter what it might be, maybe we'll have less of them. Amen. So anyway, in, in Max Lucado's, look, man, my mind just went, Max Lucado's book, When Christ Comes, he tells this story. When he was a boy, he was a member of the Odessa Boys Choir. And one year, the local junior college had asked them to play the roles of munchkins in their presentation of The Wizard of Oz. So the choir began rehearsing. There were only two problems. First, the boy didn't, real, didn't rehearse with the rest of the cast. And second, Max Lucado had never seen the movie The Wizard of Oz. He says that that movie was always showed on Sunday nights and he and his family were always in church. And since he and the choir didn't rehearse with the rest of the cast, Mr. Lucado thought he that, that, that the munchkins were the stars of the show. He thought that when he handed Dorothy the flower, that that was the end of the production. Well, needless to say that when it came time for the actual show, he was more than a little surprised. He goes on to say in his book that when the Wicked Witch appeared on stage, he didn't have to act scared, he was terrified. Of course, that would have never happened if he had known the plot and how the story ends. And sometimes we can get it the same way in our real life. Now, a lot of times we get overwhelmed with the things that, things that are thrown at us. And in these last days, it seems like there's more and more and more of things that are thrown at us that we have to endure. And uh, so we have, there's six kids. We have six kids, six yourself. Overdue bills, deadline schedules, not enough rain or too much rain. You know, we have both of them in this country. We've got some people praying for rain and other people's praying not, not for it to rain anymore. We've had a lot of flooding that's been going on in the east. And we got another wildfire that's happening in Arizona. So the wildfire, wildfire season is here. And uh, so we need to pray especially for our nation, because we don't want all this stuff, all, we don't want another fire episodes like we had last year. That was a nightmare. Fires everywhere. And um, if you read your Bible, you know that all these things happen the closer we get to the end times. So we're not supposed to be surprised. We're just supposed to know that this is going to happen. <clears throat> So, and there's too much rain, then we worry about the stock market. Some days it goes up and not down, and 
whatever, and it's, when it goes down, a lot of people lose money. When it goes up, they make money. But overall, since uh, Trump has been in office, the stock market has hit record highs. And people have made a lot of money if you have a lot of stocks. If you don't have any stocks, then it don't affect you. But it does affect you as far as your taxes that we pay and the discounts or the deductions that we get and things like that. I know that uh, people this year hasn't been, their refunds hasn't been as big as usual, but that's because we've been getting more through the through the year than we used to get. If you added deductions to make them take the extra money out that you got from the tax reductions, then you work then you'd really find out how much money you, you got. I had to do that because, man, I'm thinking, man, we usually get enough from one to pay the other, but we didn't this year. So, but then I realized we're getting more through the year and it kind of balanced itself out. So anyway, and then on top of all that stuff, we got terrorists wanting to come and get into this country. We don't know how many people that the ICE and other people have caught the, their only chore to get in this country to cause damage. That's their goal. The jihadists, they want to destroy us. And uh, that's one of the main reasons that we have to uh, protect our southern border. Because anybody just walk right in, it doesn't matter. And now they're training people that live here that are already citizens. They caught one here just this last week that they were going to put in a bank and he was going to go in and destroy the banking system. Now that would have been something if they destroyed that because if you got money in the bank and the banking system's destroyed, how do you prove that you got money? So it, but they caught him, thank the Lord for that. But there's all kinds of things that, that that's, we don't know about that's happening. And uh, I guess it's a good thing we don't know because we'd be more worried and anxious than we are now. And just like Max Lucado, we can get anxious and overwhelmed and frightened. But we need to remember how the story ends. And how does the story end? We win. You know, you can go through a lot of stuff when you know at the end that you're going to win. I like winning. I don't like losing. I hate losing, and I do everything I can so I don't have to do that. But sometimes, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to lose some battles. So, but God wants us to keep the big picture so we can know that he wins. Now, Hollywood doesn't do that, you know. When we're watching a movie for the first time, like he did The Wizard of Oz. He'd never seen it before. But those of us that have seen the movie, we would know how it ends. Well, God knows how this world is coming to a close. He knows what's going to happen in our lives and everything like that. So we need to look at the big picture and not get focused on the things that are bad things that are happening, but focus on the fact that God's still in control. When we face a crisis, it's tempting to blame God. I'll tell you, it's really hard because we know that God could help us so we didn't have to go through that thing. Now, I don't know what I'm supposed to be learning for three weeks, but 
I hope that I learn whatever it is. I hope I learn it so I don't have to go through it again because it isn't fun. When we're in a crisis, it is not fun at all. And a lot of people, like I said, blame God for it and, and they leave him out of their crisis and they give up. We can't give up because we know the end of the story. And the end of the story is that we win. And I like winning. We're on the winning side. Luke 22, 31, 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as, a, as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Now this passage tells us that whatever trials we go through, that Satan has to ask permission. I don't know whether you've ever thought about that before, but Satan has to ask permission before he can touch you because we are protected by God. And when he gets permission, God gives permission for certain things to happen, not because he wants to see us fail, it's because he wants to see us win and get the victory over that situation. And going through situations makes you stronger. You look back in your life and look at the things that have happened in your life. At the time, man, you were just, felt like you was drowning. But God pulled you through. And now that same situation probably wouldn't even bother you now. And that's what God wants us to be. It makes us stronger. Struggles and temptation and problems makes us stronger. And that's what we want. I want to be stronger, but I don't want problems. But, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> the yin and yang. I want to be strong, but I want to, don't want to do the things to, to be strong. Well, God takes it out of our hands, and he says, you need this lesson. There you go. And we get through it when we trust God. Now, this passage tells us also that God is in control. He's sovereign. He's almighty, all-powerful, and he's still on the throne. Sometimes we forget that. Well, let me explain quickly what God's will, about, the, about God's will. God has a perfect will, a permissive will, and a passive will. Now, God's perfect will was for man to never sin and keep the relationship that God had with man. But God gave man a choice, and he sinned. God's perfect will for, for all men is to be saved. But this won't happen because God gives us a choice. You know, we try so hard and want so, so our, the people that we know, our loved ones, and that to be saved. And we pray. And I can tell you with utmost confidence that God will do anything he needs to do to make sure that they're saved. But if they refuse everything that God wants to do, that's on them. I know that's a hard reality that we have to face. And that's why when we get to heaven, God has to wipe the tears from our eyes. Because if he didn't, we'd spend eternity agonizing over our loved ones that didn't make it, or our friends, or our neighbors, or our kids, you know? So he's got to wipe the tears from our eyes in order for us to enjoy heaven. 
So I believe God will, that he will do that and we won't have a memory of it or it won't, if we do, God has put, built something in so it won't cause us agony. So I'm thankful for that because it's, that's a hard thing to think about. That no matter how hard you try with your family and friends, that they can still reject God. But we are still required to do what we can do. Maybe we're just planting seeds. Sometimes our family and friends are hostile towards God because they don't want anything to do with him. And that's hard for us. But we can plant seeds. The Bible says some people plant, others water, and others harvest. That's the reality of life. And maybe you're a seed planter in your family's life. I always pray, Lord, save them. Bring them to a knowledge of you. And if they won't listen to me, send somebody to them that they will listen to. Because sometimes, just like Jesus' family, they didn't accept him when he started his ministry. They probably thought he was crazy. So, family and friends, you know, people that you're closest with, they might not accept what you're saying. So you have to pray that God will have send somebody else. But Jesus' brothers eventually accepted him as the Messiah, and that, if he, they can accept him, then our brothers and sisters or family members or whatever, it's probably easier for them. Because Jesus said that when he tried to do miracles and things in his hometown, he says a prophet is, is without honor in his own home. And that's true. So we need to pray for him, but we need to ask God. If we can't, say, if we can't minister to him, send somebody that they will live respect. <clears throat> now God's perfect will or for our life may be for us to pastor a church, but his permissive will is for us to teach his Sunday school class. God's passive will is for us to come, just come to church producing little growth because serving creates growth. You want to be a strong Christian, start serving. How do you serve? There's all kinds of ways you can. You know, you can teach. You can clean the church. You can mow the lawn. There's all kinds of, we don't have a lawn. We have weeds. So there's a lot of things that we can do to serve. Maybe not in, if not here, then maybe in the community. So there's a lot of things that we can do. But serving promotes growth. But the people that are passive, they just come to church. They don't have very much growth. This is the, People that I just want to make it to heaven group. I just want to get across the line. That's all I want. I'm going to run the marathon, but I don't care where I come in. If it's last, I just want to say I run the marathon. I made it. Of course, everyone that makes it and they finally see the opportunities when they're in, the li- in their life that they had that they didn't take advantage of, that's another thing that we will weep over because of the opportunities that we didn't take because we were just trying to get in, make it in. But God wipes those tears from our eyes too. Now most of the body of Christ doesn't want to be involved. They don't tithe, but they give a few bucks and that's better than nothing. They have a don't bother me with anything on my way to heaven because all I want to do is make it. And uh, that's... You know, that's a sad commentary of the body of Christ in these days. But it's true. 
You know, it was the only thing that good that came out of the bombing of the, or the destroying of the towers was the people started coming to church. And people, even if they didn't get saved, they, they definitely had a lot of seeds planted in their life by the pastors or by the friends and flags were flying all over the place and, and that now they're trying to say, oh, we can't have the flag because it offends people. Well, why is it that our flag offends them but our money doesn't? You know, this nation was set up to let people in, and they come in, they had to assimilate into our nation. If you had another country, you had to turn your back on it. America's the only country that you're supposed to be loyal to. But we live in a world now, well, yeah, they come in, they claim asylum and all this other kind of stuff that they've been coached to do, and they bring their flags, and they bring everything, everything that they had in their other country here. In Minnesota, there's a whole area of nothing but Muslims. And you're basically, if you're, one of, if you're not a Muslim, you really don't want to go there. They have their own police force and all kinds of things, and they practice Sharia law. Now, I don't understand why in this nation do we allow an area or a group of people to practice Sharia law. They talk about protecting women. Well, what about the little girls that are married off to old men? Or they're mutilated? Where are all those Me Too movements over that? Oh, they don't care. They're just going to live their life. They're nice and friendly people. Really? Have you been watching the news and finding out how nice and friendly they are? I know there are some that are. That are. But if they go by their own Bible, they're supposed to kill infidels. And we're infidels. Christians and Israel, they hate. With a hate, bitter hate against us. So you want to know why there's so many things going on? That's it. And they figure if, you kill, if they die killing somebody, they get, a, they get to go to heaven and have their 72 virgins. And then they had to do something to allow the women. So they would do something. So they said, well, when you go to heaven, that Allah's going to create a, um, you, so you'll be like a man. And then you get 72 virgins too. I meant, people, I don't understand that. I'm going to go kill 100 people so I can get 72 virgins in the next life. That is the only religion that hates and destroys. Christianity doesn't do that. And we're having annihilation of Christians right now all over the world. But where is the outrage over that? They had a march about that uh, slaughter of Yoranda or whatever it's called. I can't think of the pronunciation. And they had a march about it so we would remember it. Well, why aren't we remembering all the Christians across this world that are being martyred for their faith? Where is that? Why are we giving money to nations that are putting women in bondage like that when we claim to care about women? Women's rights, that's why we want abortion, because it's their right to have an abortion. But, so there's a perfect will and a passive will. Now, those of us that are parents, we, kinda, we can kind of look at it like this. Our perfect will for our kids is for them to become doctors, lawyers, or presidents. Of course, I don't think any of them want to be president anymore after the way they've treated Trump. 
But our permissive will is for them to go to college, and our passive will is for them to be happy, successful, and content in life. So we have three different things that we hope for. Now, our permissive will allows them to make their own decisions, but they don't get to choose the consequences of those decisions. Even though we as parents know that something's going to be hurtful to them, you know, they reach a certain age and they have to make their own mistakes. And we have to allow them to make mistakes because that's how you learn. I made a lot of mistakes growing up. And being a, having to suffer the consequences of those mistakes or live through them made me stronger. So, but our passive will for their life is if they just graduate high school and get a job. And that's the reality, isn't it? You know, when I grew up, they had the, it was a lot different than it is now. But then we got now, we got all these people promising all this free stuff. Oh, vote for me and you get free medical care. Vote for me and I'll give you this. Vote for me and I'll give you that. Well, where are they going to get the money to give it? The government has no money. All they, they operate on is our money. They work for us, not the other way around. But they take our money like it. They don't care. Because we want these because this group of voters, and they'll vote for us if we give them free stuff. They had a thing this last week where two of the candidates, one said socialism won't work, and he got booed off the stage. And another one said that Medicare for all wouldn't work because it's not reasonable, and he got booed off the stage. Because everybody wants free stuff. Don't you tell me I don't get free stuff or I'm voting for you. And of course, when they get an office, they're not going to get it, but they will raise our taxes. Probably double what we're paying now if they have their way. So, and they get enough of our money. They don't need any more. Now, we can't interfere with God's plan for the world, though. That's set in stone. But we can delay it. We all are familiar with the, the scripture that says, if my people humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. You know, we claim that verse as Christians and as Americans because we want God to heal our land. So that's the only thing that, that we have and uh, that God can will put off his judgment is if we turn to God, just like Nineveh. God was going to destroy it. And he sent Elijah, no, Elisha, get those two mixed up sometimes, to preach to them so that they would repent and get saved. And he didn't want to go. So he ran the other direction, got on a ship, and uh, we know what happened. The ship entered a big storm, and they ended up throwing him overboard, and he got uh, swallowed up by a whale. Oh, that was Jonah, I'm sorry. Sorry, mixed it up. Jonah, not Elisha. They got swallowed up by a whale, and he was in there for three days and three nights. And finally, he called out to God and said, I'll do it. Now, sometimes we are just as stubborn as he is. But he had a good reason not to want to see these people saved. Because they were very wicked people. 
and they were very hostile towards his people, toward the Jewish people, so he didn't want them to get saved. He wanted them judged, and he wanted the city destroyed. So he had to do it, and um, ended up getting saved, and then he was mad because God stayed his judgment. But eventually God judged them because when people repent, pretty soon it thinks, oh, it isn't that bad. It's pretty good. And then they end up back worse than what they were before. So they ended up, God ended up judging him anyway. <clears throat> Genesis 50, 20. Even though you planned evil against me, God planned good to come out of it. Now we have a lot of things happen to us. And whatever it is, the scenarios in our life that's going on, some, most of the things we suffer is because we did it to ourselves. We made a bad decision and we had to pay for it. But uh, Satan wants to destroy us and then God takes that thing that we're going through and he turns it around for our good. Now, I don't know what good's going to come out of the things that we go through. We may, might not know until we get at reach heaven. But then when we reach heaven, we probably won't care. Because these things of this world are just temporary, and I'd rather be in heaven. And when we keep that as our goal, and just keep struggling on with it, God will help us cry out to him instead of turning our back on him. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. Now this is kind of a funny word because it says he looked joy. He got joy going to the cross. Now man, I'll tell you, I don't think I'd be real happy knowing that's how I was going to die. I'd rather do something else than that. But see, he looked behind, beyond his suffering. He looked beyond everything that was going on here that was temporary to realize that he, he was going to save us. And that was the joy that he had that was set before him. Us, our salvation, and all the people that have gotten saved since he died on the cross. So it was a joy to him because he looked beyond what he's going through. And we need to look beyond the circumstances what we're, that we're going through and realize that God's in control and he'll help us get through it. <clears throat> and we need to know that Jesus is not only the author of our faith, he's the finisher of it. And I'm thankful for that because without Christ, we have, we're the most miserable people in the world. Can you imagine this world without God? Man, I can't. I don't want to imagine it because it's bad enough now. It, and it throw God out, which is what they're trying to do. They're trying to throw him out of every place there is, out of the schools, out of the, our government, everywhere. They want to take under God out of our Pledge of Allegiance. So all these things that they're doing. But we have to pray that God will heal our land. Luke 22, 32b. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. When you are turned back, see, Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him. He told him beforehand, you're going to die, de be, deny me three times before the cock crows. 
And he kind of just laughed it off. Oh, no, I'll die, Lord, with you before I will deny you. And yet he did. He denied him three times. The circumstances that was involved, he was afraid for his safety, and all kinds of things were probably going through his mind. But he ended up denying Christ. But then he turned back because Jesus said, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. Not if you turn back, because Jesus knows the future, as if it's the moment right now. God knows the exact time that Millennial Kingdom will happen. He knows all this stuff. Some of the stuff he isn't sharing outright, but there are a lot of things that he is sharing with us, and we have a book to read to find out a lot about it. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Holy Ghost, excuse me. Which is in you, and ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, have you ever heard somebody say that I can't be saved because I sold my soul to the devil? You heard, anybody heard that say? I guess it's when I, my generation, they said a lot, you know, we sit there and talk to people, and they kind of joke it off and say, you know, I want to go to hell because that's where all my friends are. And they think it's something funny. But the reality is, it isn't funny. It's, it's something that I, you know, we, we just can't understand how bad hell is. All we got to think about the worst thing and the worst pain that you've ever been through in your life, and imagine that for eternity. And that doesn't even hold, it's just a smidgen of what the suffering's going to be. But the reality is they can't sell their soul to the devil because it doesn't belong to them. Every soul that is born in this world belongs to Satan. Every one. And we have Adam and Eve to thank for that. They sold their soul and all the future people that would be born to Satan for a piece of fruit. Of course, they didn't know what was going to happen, but they knew they were disobeying God. They fell into temptation and failed. But God knew that they were going to fail, and that's why Jesus' plan of salvation was before the foundation of the world. <clears throat> so, and when Jesus died on the cross for our sin, and we accept him as our Savior... We are redeemed. So then all of a sudden, Satan don't know us no more. We belong to Christ. We belong to God. We are his servants because he redeemed us. <clears throat> Ephesians 4.30 And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When we were saved, Jesus placed the seal of ownership upon us. And that was put his spirit within us. So Satan would know, hey, this, this don't belong to you anymore. They're mine. He signed it in blood. Amen. And our redemption was signed in blood, and we belong to Christ when we accept him. And we are sealed with the Holy Spirit till he calls us home or raptures us out of here. And then our bodies are changed, and we get our glorified bodies. Hallelujah! That's exciting. I look forward to that. You know, I say, Lord, please let me have my glorified body today. I'm tired of this old one. 
I mean, it's beyond falling apart. I got a, you know, if you related it to cars, it'd be a 1947 that set out in the, the weather all the time and nobody did anything to it. And all got all rusty and everything else about it. <laughs> you know? They had a picture on Facebook, somebody posted it, had a pickup truck buried in the sand. And the caption said, I'm going to fix it up one day. You know? Yeah, that, and, and that's what it said. So I had this, and it reminded me of my Mustang, because everybody says, I'm going to fix it up one day. Randy did have somebody call him wanting to buy it. Randy told him, you, you ain't got enough money to buy it. <laughs> so one day, maybe he's going to fix it up. Of course, you know, after, what has it been, 39 years? Yeah, yeah, closer to 40 years. That's how long we've had that, had that. And he's got to gut it out. He's got to, just got to put it together, put it back together again, drop a new engine in it, paint it. We got everything to do that. It's just that he does a lot of work around here. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> that's true. He did. And we need to, that's what we need to do. We need to build the church first. That Mustang could sit because we can do things for God is more important. Romans 8, 34. <clears throat> who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, that than that, was, who was raised to life at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Now, Jesus has ever interceded, interceded for Peter, and he's interceding for us right now. Do you know that Jesus never prayed a prayer that wasn't answered? Think about it. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're praying about, and you get God in the middle of it, as Christ, it's the Holy Spirit living within us, and praying... And we're willing to accept God's will in that situation, yay or nay. You know, some, sometimes God answers the things that we want, and God's okay with us praying for things that we want. It's not against his law. You want a new house? Pray for one. God may give it to you or may not. Maybe he'll want you to fix up the one you got. Don't know, but if you add, but thy will be done at the end, and be willing to accept the answer, of no, see that's why we don't pray, because we don't want to hear God say no. If you don't ask, you can't get no. But sometimes God says yes. And we never know when those yeses are, so that's why we need to pray about everything. So I had a song on one of my CDs back there, and there are two different CDs. If you go back there, <clears throat> there's different songs on each one. So... But there's one that says, if it matters, it's a matter of prayer. And we need to realize that whatever is important to us is important to God. You know, kids, you know, maybe their little lizard is important to them. And they pray for that lizard's health. People say, oh, that's stupid. Why is it stupid? If it's important to the kid, it's important to God. We've got to realize that. Now, of course, the kid's got to realize that one day that lizard's going to die. <laughs> And you gotta have a funeral for it. 
And, uh, but they got to learn. We can't protect our kids from everything. You know, they're outlawing so many things. They had a thing on the news, and they're, they're thinking about outlawing dodgeball. Of course, I watched the dodgeballs one. I grew up playing dodgeballs. The balls wouldn't fit in your hand. They weren't this big. They were about this big. And you threw them at people and hit them, and they got out. I like playing dodgeball. I was usually the last one or two standing. You know, I had, was pretty athletic, so I could jump over them and move faster than I can now. If I moved that fast now, I'd be dead. <laughs> but they're all, they protect the little, you know, and I, I'm all for protecting kids. But we got to get away from this participation trophy. You know, everybody gets a trophy. Everybody, everybody's important, which is true. But they got to learn that life isn't like that. We don't get participation trophies. That isn't what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a crown. Amen. And I don't care about no participation trophy. I want the good stuff. So, but that's destroying our young people. And now they're mat. Was it ma masculinity? The war against masculinity. They're trying to demasculize men. Ridiculous. God created a male and female, not wimp and female. And then the women, they want them to be all whatever, and I'm okay with that, but we're equal. So it doesn't matter. And God created men the way he created them. Leave them alone. <clears throat> Uh, 34, where at? Romans 8:31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, God's on our side, and we win. That's something we can remember. No matter what's going on, we win. How many of you have seen the show, The Bodyguard? Well, it's an old show. My generation's showing but it's pretty popular, and this kid, little, this kid, I don't remember how old he was, uh, kids used to pick on him all the time. And he got tired of being bullied, so he found this, kid, found this guy and paid him to protect him. So everywhere he went, that bodyguard was there. And then he went up to those bullies and antagonized them on purpose. And they go to get him or whatever else like that, and that bodyguard steps out in front of him, and they go, ooh, okay. See, we have a bodyguard. And no, but the devil can't beat our bodyguard, no matter how hard he tries. And he tries. That's certainty. Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray. For the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And we, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God in accordance with the will of God. We've got two members of the Godhead praying for us and interceding for us. Amen. Now that's exciting. He intercedes and he's going to protect us. And make sure that the will of God happens. <clears throat> and right now, if you're in a crisis, let Jesus in it. Quit putting him over on the sidelines. You know, we're in a war. If you don't know that we're in a war, you need to wake up and find out because we are. 
There's so many atrocities going on. The guy that killed that little five-year-old girl, her stepdad did. I mean, I hear this stuff, and these guys are raping little kids or beating people to death. I'm going, what is wrong with this world? What's wrong with it is they threw God out. You know, and then they blamed God and said, you know, where were you when my kid was getting beat up? Where were you when this happens? Where were you when that happens? God said the same place I was at when my kid was being killed. Jesus died and God watched. Well, he had to turn his back on it he could, uh, because Jesus had all our sins that he was dying for. That was a heavy burden that he carried for us. <clears throat> so, but he's protecting us. And we feel sometimes like that munchkin, a wicked witch is running around and loose in our life. That's when we need to remember that we win. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Next slide. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. We're not going to be tempted above what we can stand. You know, I keep telling God, hey, I've had enough. I'm strong. I don't want any more of this. But see, God knows our limits. God knows what we're going through. And when the time comes, that trial or that crisis will be over and we'll be stronger because he won't let anything happen to us that will destroy us. And we need to remember that because the world we live in is heartless and godless. And they have no moral compass anymore. Everything's okay. We'll legalize it so people will feel better about it. Well, they legalized a lot of things in Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know what happened to them. I don't, we're not quietly that, that debauched. But we're getting close. <clears throat> We've got, and I almost want to puke, that one guy that's running from Ohio says he's a Christian and he's gay and that God loves him and his lifestyle. He's okay with his lifestyle. I'm going, man, what Bible are you reading, buddy? Amen. Now, the last thing I want is more of that kind of stuff in the White House. Bill Clinton defiled it enough. So that just thinks, oh, Lord, have mercy. We need to pray. These are serious times. I love this country, I really do, and I'm so thankful to God that I had the privilege of being born here. But we need to pray for our leadership because, you know, it's kind of hard to fix stupid. And we got a lot of that going on, running for office. There's what I, I don't remember how much it was, four or five hundred Muslims are running for office in this election, city elections, state elections, and things like that. Can you imagine? <clears throat> See, the rally is that those Muslims aren't allowed to wear those scarves over their head. It's against the rules of the house. And yet, oh, well, it's okay. They change things for certain people. And they've, we look at what they're doing now, and it's just, 
just infuriates me. The way that they're treating this nation and God. And uh, we need to stay vigilant. We need to keep praying. But see, the problem that we have is too many people quit before the crisis is over. And we lose the benefit of it. And as believers, we have certain things that we have to go through. So we need to hang on and stay in there and fight. Because otherwise, we have to start all over again. And I don't want to start all over again. I want to learn the lessons I need to learn so I can get out of the situation and not have to live it through it again. Don't you? I am tired of a lot of things that's going on. And of course, some things, like I say, we bring on ourselves. And if we're honest with ourselves and look at it, we probably say, yeah, I did that. I did that to myself. <clears throat> John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Everyone has trouble. Whether you're a believer or not a believer, you're still going to have problems in this world. The difference as a believer, we have God to help us, to strengthen us, to get through the situation. And they don't. I'd hate to not be a believer going through some of the things I've gone through. Man, I'll tell you, no wonder we have an opiate problem. No wonder we have alcoholism to the degree that it is. This world is driving people to drink. They want to find a way of escape, and their way of escape is drugs, alcohol, illicit relationships. And that isn't where they're going to find it. And the more they become involved in that kind of stuff, the worse they feel. Suicide takes the lives of so many. I don't remember, I read something about how many minutes it was that a veteran killed themselves. But it was just an unrealistic figure. And there's so much <clears throat> suicide going on amongst young people. Now what in the world could a young person be going through that they don't they feel like there's no answer except to kill themselves. I don't understand that. That, to me, just blows my mind. But it happens. It's rampant. And why is it rampant? Because they're listening to the devil. They're listening to his words and not God's. But it's hard for them to listen to God's when they don't have their ears turned to God. <clears throat> now, disease and sickness can attack our body. Divorce destroys homes. Disasters and tragedies can strike us and our families, and death comes to every one of us. The rate of death is one per person. Unless the Lord comes and he changes us. That's the only way we won't die. Lord tarries, one day I'll die. The Lord tarries, one day you'll die. And we need to, that reality. <clears throat> Sometimes we feel immortal. So we, oh, we live our lives as if, we're immortal, and right reality is we're not. See, we're not safe. It doesn't matter how good a driver you are. If a drunk driver hits you, when I got in that accident when I, in my 20s, a woman ran a stop sign and hit me broadside at going 70 miles an hour, right on the driver's door. That's what started all my problems that I've had to deal with in my life was because of that accident. She was mad at her boyfriend. I didn't do anything wrong. Didn't matter. 
I still had to suffer. So sometimes we suffer in things that isn't our fault. But only God can help us get through them. Just because the devil throws a monkey wrench into our lives doesn't mean we have to panic. See, the problem is we panic a lot. We don't act, we react. Somebody says about something bad to you, you say something bad to them. We don't act, we're always reacting. And that's the nature, that's that sin nature coming out of us. We react to the situation instead of listening to God and taking a moment to think about it before we say anything, we react. And then we should destroy a testimony, maybe. So I try to not to act, I try to act and not react, but sometimes I do the same thing. I'm only human. And I get mad and I get upset just like you. I mean, I throw things at the television, but they cost too much. So <clears throat> when I listen to some of the stuff that's going on, what they're trying to do, it just sickens me, sickens my heart and my spirit. And I think, God, how can you even allow this stuff? But he's not willing that any should perish, but all become saved. And so if, one, if, if we have to wait 20 years for my loved ones to get saved, wait 20 years, God, whatever it takes, I want them saved. My neighbors, my friends, whatever it takes, God. Of course, there's days and I say, God, take me home, I've had enough. There's a lot of people like that. And it's okay, because you're talking to God. God can take it. You know, sometimes I get mad at God, because why in the world are you letting me go through this stuff? <clears throat> trying to pe- preach when you don't feel good is not easy. I say, God, I'm just trying to do your will, and I'm having all these issues. So whatever you're trying to teach me, Lord, I surrender. Three weeks is enough. <clears throat> so, but... Problem's going to come to everyone. John 16, see. <clears throat> but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. That's past tense. He already did it. And we're victors because if he overcome it, we overcome it. That's what he wants. We are overcomers in Christ. No matter what happens, we can overcome it because we have God on our side. First Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be alert, be on watch. Your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Be firm in your faith and resist him because you know that other believers in all the world are going through the same kind of suffering. Now we know, and we know this verse, the devil's like a roaring lion looking around to see who he can devour. And he's devoured a lot of people. Sometimes he's devoured some believers because they gave up and quit. But we need to be aware of that. So when bad things happen, someone says something to you that hurts you, take a moment and ask him, did you really mean this? Because sometimes we hear things they didn't say. We're good at that. Because we've got this sin nature in us and we want to look for a reason to fight. But when we keep Christ in our crisis, believers can't be destroyed. It's impossible for us to be destroyed when Christ lives within us in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
The devil can do what he wants. He can sling mud or knives or whatever he wants, but we are overcomers because the God who created this world lives within us through his spirit. Revelation 12, 12. The devil is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. See, the devil knows his time is running out, so there's an urgency about it. That's why we see so much stuff going on. It's because Satan knows his time's short, and he's trying to get in every punch he can get. Now, he can't defeat God. It's impossible. So all he can do is harass the apple of his eye. And who's the apple of, our eye, of his eye? Believers. And so that's who Satan hates. He hates us so bad. There's, you want to talk about hate speech? <laughs> hate crimes? There it is. The devil's the one that creates them. You know, anytime we say anything, whoa, we're racist. I was reading, or they said something the other day, Saturday, I guess it was yesterday, Washington, that they said, white supremacists drink milk. What? Really? What happens if you're black? Or Native American and drink milk? Are you a white supremacist too? I mean, they just have no sense about them. They just say stupid stuff because they hate God and they hate, actually, I think they hate this nation because they want it. Power is all they want. They are after power. And once they get that power, they could care less about us. And if the people that can't see that, they're really going to have a big surprise one day. But we need to remember that Satan can't do anything without permission. So whatever comes in our path, we need to realize that God put it there, allowed it to be put there. Because he knows that we're going to win. He knows it's going to strengthen us, so we don't have to worry about it. God is in control, so we don't need to be afraid or anxious. God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. He has a plan and a purpose for every trial that he allows to come into our lives. Most of the trials and tests we go through are spiritual growing pains. When we start to exercise for the first time, as you get older, you start exercising, and then all of a sudden you get up and everything hurts. Well, I ain't exercising anymore. anymore. I said I did my part. Man, I'll tell you, I'm going to die. It hurts so bad. But you keep at it, and then you keep at it, pretty soon it doesn't bother you at all. And then you end up getting stronger. The same thing happens with trials. We need to mature and grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. There are a lot of things going on in this world. Sometimes it's depressing to watch the news. <clears throat> I know most of, us, most of us have things going on in our personal lives. I don't know what they are. And I know they can be frustrating. And sometimes we become fearful and anxious. But we need to step back for a minute and look at God's promises. He promised to get us, get us through whatever it is we're going through. And we need to look back on the things that he's already done in our lives. We need to look back to, so we can get strength in knowing that he delivered us from all the things. Counting your blessings. Name them one by one. It's amazing. When you do that, it changes your attitude. And when we get our attitude changed, we can soar. Now, flying, if you're flying an airplane... <clears throat> Attitude means that you're pulling up, you're going up. And that's what 
we need to do. We need to get an attitude change. Instead of nose diving into a spiral, death spiral, we need to change our attitude and start knowing that God is there for us and he's going to strengthen us. <clears throat> we need to also think about the faithfulness of God. He's provided for us and he blesses us and because of that we have the victory in Jesus. We have peace because we know the Prince of Peace. Amen? Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord, for you. I'm thankful, Lord, for salvation. And I know that a lot of things are going on in our lives, Lord, but, but you're able, Lord, to meet those needs. And whatever we're going through, we know when we come through the other side, we're going to be stronger. We don't like the situations that we have to deal with on this world, Lord, but we also know, Lord, that's the only way we get stronger. Lord, we pray for our nation, too, this morning, because it's in dire needs. Lord, we want to help us to humble ourselves so we can pray for our nation, and you will heal our land. I'm thankful, Lord, that for the president that we got, because he was standing up and he's exposing all this stuff that's going on. And he, I don't know how he deals with all this stuff. And I'm thankful, I believe, that you put him there for a time such as this. So, Lord, I just uh, thank you for that. I thank you for the gospel. I'm thankful for everyone that is here this morning. But if there's someone that doesn't know you, I pray, Lord, they'll accept you this morning as their Savior. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I know 